Culture and Psychology with Tabana. A very warm hello to our Radio Bomb.listeners. listeners. Uh, this is Dr. Malik Hafzeli speaking. I'm sitting with Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade, two of my colleagues from Tavana organization. Tavana is a nonprofit organization supporting individuals with psychological and cultural issues. And we believe that cultural issues are part of uh, each person, and uh, we always emphasize on that. Today, we decided to talk about memory and sleep, something that many of us are involved daily. And sometimes we forget something and we are so concerned that it just happened a minute ago. Uh, why am I not remembering? Why am I even forgetting where I put my glasses? What, what, what did I do with this piece of paper in my hand? And so many other things. And sleep sometimes becomes... Um, interrupted at night or sometimes the sleep is not as deep and many of us are involved in thinking um, the sleep is not as good as before. So today with my colleagues, Dr. Andrade and Dr. Rockers, we're going to start this conversation about memory and types of memory that we have. Have you had that thing happen to you where you walk into a room to, wait a minute. Yes, it does. Yes. What does that mean? I think a better question is when that when does that not happen? Oh, I like this. <laughs> and let and me why? tell you something, colleagues. Uh, when I, I, <laughs> so what did you say, Dr. Rockers? <laughs> he forgot. He forgot. Oh, okay. yeah, so. what? <laughs> That's that part we can say you're joking. But the, the funny thing is that sometimes when my kids they're talking about something and they go, oh. What was I talking about? And I go, thank God, it's not only me. It's not the age. Even young people do that. It's funny that it makes me happy at some points. <laughs> like, oh, okay, it's not the age then. <laughs> it's not the age, but I wonder why we automatically, mm -hmm. because it does happen at every age. It happens all the time. But it seems like when we become adults, like, uh-oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Probably that it, it 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 brings up that fear of oh my god am I losing my mind? Mm -hmm. Yes, that's the hard part. Yeah, I mean, or, or we are so busy sometimes that that busyness doesn't allow us to focus on something that we are doing. Uh, where did I put my glasses? Probably you had too many things in your mind at that time that you forgot as you're passing to go somewhere else. On the way, you probably put your glasses somewhere. So that happens all the time. Or, or they're on your face. That's the other thing, too. Oh, There's times true. where I, I've done true. that where I'm like looking for my glasses and they're on my face or my phone. And I'm like, you know, I'm on a map on my phone. And I'm like, where's my phone at? And I realize, wait, it's because I'm using it in the map uh, app at this point that I'm like, yeah. So I, I think it's along those lines. There's different categories that kind of come up in my mind. There's like forgetfulness, there's difficulty concentrating. And I think there's inattentiveness too, uh, especially it's something that can happen with memory. If we're not paying attention to it, then we're probably not going to remember it. And I think a lot of times, like you said, when we're busy, there's so much going on and there can be like an inkling of like, oh yeah, I kind of remember this. And I, I think that was said in that way. And it's maybe not just this, like it, I fully was paying attention. I incorporated this into my memory and then I'm having difficulty recalling it. 
there's also too, it reminds me of like, sometimes uh, my mom actually does this. She, I always wonder if it's like a memory thing. She'll literally go through every single name of my siblings before she talks about the person in front of her. And I don't think it's gotten worse with age. It's just one of those things that's always happens. And I don't know. I don't know if it's memory. I mean, or if it's just like, you know, not concentrating or focusing on who she's about to yell at. I always jokingly say it gives you about five seconds to run that way, you know, uh, before she gets to you, you got a little bit uh, a time there. Yeah, my son sometimes jokes around and says, Mom, you only have two kids. And sometimes you just mix the two names. What if you had, what if you had four or five like other people? Well, there's a mode that we get into also of referring to other people. I know when I go back to I know that when I get there, she's going to my nephew's there is Will. She gets used to referring to Will and probably resemble each other in some ways, maybe not in stature, but just by presence or something like that. And, sure. you know, if you get used to calling something, it's like your uh, your girlfriend calling her old boyfriend. You get used mm. to, or is that just... Is that just <laughs> <laughs> we might have to talk off the air, Dan, uh, about what's going on. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah, I had to call Jan here. <laughs> yeah, we got we to gotta sort through some of these things. Yeah. Uh, that, well, it, along those lines, too, it's just, you know, it, I guess we question, is that memory or what is that something else, too? Even when there's like that word finding uh, difficulty. Have you guys had that where... You're, you're like trying to remember the name of something and, and you can like see it maybe in your mind and you're like, or it's even right there. And you're just like, what is that? Like, I can't, like, I, I know, I know the name of that thing, but I can't recall it in that moment. Like what it starts that? with this letter. Even. <laughs> you, know, you can always even get to some level of specificity. Yeah. And I find if we pressure ourselves a lot, if we were like, Oh, I need to remember, like, Oh, I'm supposed to remember. It actually makes it more difficult. I jokingly say, you know, I, you know, I forgot what I was going to say, but you know, if I, if I leave it alone, it'll come back to me. And so I, I find if I just move on to the next thing, it either pop up and we're going to, you know, address it or talk about it. And if not, then I've kind of lost that idea and it's out in the ether. So yeah, I try not to, to, to obsess or stress about that. I don't think stress helps with our memory much. Well, I think it's just the opposite. Stress affects negatively affects our memory. Yeah, I was going to say that the stress is huge in uh, affecting our memory negatively. Because when you are under stress, you may just forget simple things, you know, that the stress comes and takes over. But um, let's talk about different types of memories we have. As far as I remember, we have uh, sensory, short-term, working, and long-term memories. And each of them have a specific uh, description, like our short-term memory uh, is um, actually the first sign of, uh, you know, losing um, the consciousness um, and remembering things. We may recall um, our very close people, uh, but if it gets to that extent, uh, that is severe. But our sensory memory is considered the shortest-term memory. Our working memory uh, is uh, also something that it's just like a computer when you think about it. Like, for example, if a computer is fresh and new um, and has, um, you know, good memory, just as soon as you click, it just pops up. But then there are some old 
computer that the memory is not as good and it starts going around and around and around until it kicks in. And many times our working memory is like that. You're thinking of a person, you remember the face, you remember where you know this person or saw this person, but you can't remember the name. So you start struggling to get that information out. And then long-term memory is something that probably as you age, you remember uh, those, you know, your childhood, uh, a lot of details of your childhood. This is how I remember. What do you guys can talk about these things? Um, What else is there? What about procedural memory? Oh, very good. Yes. Procedural memory actually is like learning something, you go through the process, and then you always remember, like driving, you automatically drive without even thinking, you ride your bike, you ski, that's procedural, right, right. Um, Actually, there are, um, is that seven type of memories, like short-term, long-term, as now that you mentioned um, procedure, the explicit, implicit, um, procedural, priming, semantic, episodic, all of these different types of memories uh, we can talk about, but it's more, I think, uh, specific to our profession. So maybe for our listeners, it's not as interesting, but we can just uh, give an example. Like explicit is conscious memory, implicit is unconscious uh, episodic is events that happen to us and we remember based on those events. Semantic memory is knowledge of the world, is, um, you know, bigger scope of knowledge. And procedural, as we said, is like automatic things that we do. I can't remember about priming, priming memory. What is that? So can't remember what is priming. I don't know. I'll give my guess. And No, I'm not sure either. It's, I think it's the kind of thing like talking, if you ask somebody like, hey, name a time recently where you had to use algebra. And then people say, I don't know, I don't have any idea. But if instead you start talking about when you were younger, you thought algebra was bogus and you never would use it. And then last year you were working this job where you're having to, you give an example of how you came up with Oh, yeah. And then I was using algebra and I remember doing this. That's probably. And then you ask the question, do you have a time or that may kick off a remembering by the other person? That would be a that's what I think priming where you give an example and you bring them into that that memory area. And like you said, Alex, it's without pressure. Because if I just ask somebody, well, can you give me a time then? Eh, So basically it's training our memory to help benefit us triggering memory yeah would be how i would i would think of that yeah go ahead no no no, go ahead i was gonna say it's uh, one of the ways i always describe people when the the people ask how do you you know when doing therapy how do you remember all these things about people and i think it's a combination of like priming and like i always tell people too this idea of like storytelling I, i find that in telling a full story it can help with one's memory versus if you point blank ask me like tell me you know this person's you know struggle tell me tell me that you know if you get directly asked a question it's kind of harder for me to recall that but if you put it in context maybe prime it around you know this situation you know these things have been happening 
then I can recall a lot more because people ask, oh, as a therapist, like, wow, you must have a really good memory. You can remember all of these things. And I'm like, I don't think my memory is great. Like if you point blank, ask me something, I'm like, I don't remember like, oh, what's the person's partner's name? I'm like, I don't know. But once we get talking, then it kind of all starts coming back to me. Is that something you guys experience? Or do you guys have a kind of a different experience in that way? No, I have that very same. Once it gets going, I will. I can't. But then, mm-hmm. it's like, oh yeah, and also this and this. Yeah. I think context is very important. It's that you mentioned too, Alec. You see somebody on the street, you say, "Oh boy, I can name," but they're out of context. You saw sure. them at the restaurant where they work, then you called Vincent. Yeah, something like that. So context context is important. What setting we find them in, or what setting we have memorized them in. And that's not even including like the mask. That reminds me this last weekend, I actually ran into our our mutual friend and colleague, uh, Amir, uh, and uh, he had the mask on. And of course I had the mask on too. And I was like, Amir, like I had a question mark because it was two things. One, he was out of context. We were both in a, you know, out in society, um, not both professionally dressed. And then also too, we both had the mask on too. So it's, I think it's one of those things too, where context and then even uh, nowadays with the mask, I would say you must really know a person if you can just tell from their eyes and up in regards to their, their face. And so, yeah, if you accidentally, <laughs> if you accidentally see somebody and, and you don't say hi to them or, you know, you don't remember who they are, it's like, well, the mask, you know, I didn't see all of you. So, yeah. Yeah. No, that happens, especially with the mask, because how could you know someone with the mask and, and the sunglasses? You know, you have to just say, take off your mask. Uh, but that, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah it's just to get into the hat or the glasses or something. Yeah, just give me more to make sense of you so I can remember who you are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And sometimes uh, you don't want to say that you don't recognize the person because, um, the other night we were at a gathering and one of my friends was telling me that before she comes to the gathering, she saw one of the people who was uh, at the gathering that night. And then she said, I was actually going to the store to get some flowers uh, to come to this gathering for the um, host and hostess. And then the other person who was also invited that night was also there shopping and very casual clothes with the mask and then she comes and she says hello to this other person and then she says hello and then she goes I think you are at the party tonight that I'm going and she goes yes and then she goes I didn't know who that person is and I was so (laughs) embarrassed to say can you please take off your mask and glasses I said why didn't you she goes I don't know at that point I felt I'm stuck. I don't know who this person is. I don't know whether I should be warmer than just the way I approach her. And I, I and then when uh, she actually that night saw her, she still didn't tell her that I didn't recognize you. I said, oh my gosh, this person thinks that you were such a cold person seeing her, not being excited to see her. She goes, I know, but I still feel like the way I approach her in the store I'm embarrassed again to say, hey, I said hello, but I didn't know you. So anyways, I mean, these things happen nowadays, especially with the mask. Uh, We are uh, going to give a break and come back to continue our conversation about memory, stories, and um, also sleep if we have time.
We're back with Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade, and our today's conversation is about memory. And if you have time, we can also talk about sleep. As uh, if uh, you just uh, turn on your radio, uh, I'm going to say a few words in Farsi. اگه تازه رادیاتون رو باز کردین صدای ما رو به زبان انگلیسی میشنوین امروز روز یک شنبه ما شنبه ها و یه شنبه ها از ساعت دوازت هایی که بعد از ظهر به زبان انگلیسی موضوعات روانشناسی رو بررسی میکنیم و صحبت میکنیم راجبشون امروز صحبتمون در مورد مموری و اینکه چطور میشه همطور که ما سنمون میره بالا ما شورت ترم مموریمون یعنی مموری های کوتاه زمانیمون رو بیشتر از دست میدیم مثلا یه دقیقه دو دقیقه پیش کار کردیم یادمون میره چی بوده و البته این بعض وقتا مخصوص به فقط سن بالا نمیشه امروز جوونا به خاطر مسائل خیلی زیادی که تو زندگیشون هست و مشغول هستن دوچار این مسائل هم میشن Uh, we are back with Dr. Rockers, Dr. Andrade, and we are continuing our conversation about memories. I was just going to kind of highlight a little bit in regards to the memory process. I know we talked a little bit about this idea, but wanted to go into a little more depth. So a lot of times when people have difficulty remembering, I think it's also important to recognize that it's not just the retrieval process, which is the kind of thinking into uh, our memory or those things that have happened and being able to, to kind of pull that information out, but also the encoding process, which is that information actually getting in and in kind of in this way where it, it feels you know solid and secure or that we can actually know that we have that information and there can be things that kind of impact that uh, stress can definitely impact that process both you know going in and coming out as well as even uh, inattentiveness or difficulty concentrating those things could impact you know what kind of goes into those ways and so i think it's important to remember that it's not just something that uh, it's a retrieval issue necessarily it's always worthwhile to say you know how is that information actually initially kind of encoded or put into one's mind uh you know with memory too there can also be uh, issues with attention concentration uh diagnoses such as adhd Um, kind of get uh, kind of incorporated when it comes to memory, especially, um, you know, in an earlier age, I think people say, oh, yeah, I have a hard time remembering. And I don't know why, like I'm young. It's like, well, there may be some other issues that are kind of impacting you. So it's always worth kind of exploring, like, what, what are those difficulties? What are those challenges? Uh, that happen both, you know, uh, maybe earlier in age, uh, college level, uh, which can also look very different uh, later in life too. Um, when we have things like normal aging uh, process, there's mild cognitive disorder, uh, and then there's even things more severe such as uh, dementia, Alzheimer's, and things like that. Yeah, and also when you look at the function of the brain in different parts of the brain, memory actually in many parts of the brain, there's a piece uh, in there with memory as well. It's not only the frontal, um, prefrontal cortex uh, that um, memory is part of that. Also, we have uh, hippocampus and all those areas of the brain that uh, involves with memory. So, um, I just wanted to uh, assure our listeners that uh, some of the signs that they see in um, not remembering things 
it's not something to be worried. Uh, it might be you're so busy, you are stressed, and you have to always uh, just remember if it becomes severe, then that's the time you have to really make sure that you have um, certain processes to be sure that you um, take care of it by uh, new medications that I hear is for, they're working. Uh, there are 400 or more medications uh, out there for uh, specific um, mental uh, memory issues that are involved, but uh, some of them, um, I hear that recent um, medications are working really well. So be sure if it's uh, here and there, maybe it's not something to be worried, but if it gets serious, definitely uh, get, get yourself checked to be sure if you need some sort of medication or treatment, uh, you don't lose time. One type of memory that I've always found really interesting is flashbulb memory. I'm not sure if you guys have heard of this. It's when there's like something major kind of happen in the world or, or in our society or to us that it's like a shared event. And we can all go back and recall pretty vividly where we were at that time. Some common examples are like 9-11. Um, we can recall, you know, what I was doing that morning, you know, who was there. Um, that can definitely be something that, you know, people can, you know, yes, you know, where were you at this point? And, and a lot of people can talk about that. And I think it's so interesting because there's so many other major, major events or shared events that happen in the world. And, you know, some people are like, yeah, I kind of remember that or I don't, but then there are some really pivotal ones that people are like, yeah, no, that really stands out in my mind. And I can even walk through the day and even what it felt like. And so it's so interesting how memory sometimes can even hone in very specifically like that. I guess it's just a highlight. I was for a long time, I was thinking, um, actually, before studying psychology, uh, or getting to know our brain and how it works and all of that, I was always thinking, uh, why am I just remembering some of the events that were not so pleasant in either my life or events? And then after really learning about our brain and more about psychology, I realized that majority of our time is going as smoothly in the way it should be. So our expectation is that everything has to be the same way as you have been experiencing. And all of a sudden, when something is different, then that becomes a highlight and you remember. Because 80% of the time, thankfully, uh, things are normal, things are routine, things are going well. And all of a sudden, something happens. And that's why that becomes a highlight and rem you remember. The good memories as well, because, for example, you go on a trip, you take a vacation, you go to a nice party, you go to an event, that becomes a highlight because it's a little different than the routine. Uh, so I guess those highlights that we always remember, like you said, the big events like 9-11, Prince Diana's death. I remember exactly where I was, uh, you know, how I received the message and all of that. I guess it's just because it's unusual. It's different. Along those lines, I always tell people, it, it reminds me of this idea that our, our body, if we think about it from a physiological perspective, our body is constantly trying to maintain a level of homeostasis, a level of uh, equilibrium or balance. And, and for example, I always give people the sensory example. Imagine if you put your clothes on in the morning 
and you felt your clothes throughout the entire day. Like you couldn't focus, you couldn't concentrate if you're feeling your clothes on you every moment versus what happens is our body acclimates to that feeling. It's like, okay, we have our, our shirt, our shoes on, and we don't even notice it. We start to move throughout the day. At first you do, you put it on, you're like, oh, it's a little snug or, oh, I like this one. This feels good. Um, and then within moments, you completely, your mind doesn't even focus on that anymore. And I think in order to survive and to adapt, we can't be inundated by all of that information. We need to find a way to, to feel kind of balanced. And, and, you know, that's one way that our body allows us to, to kind of feel balanced to move forward. And I think too, like you said, with the memory, it's like those things, I think there's so much that we forget. I mean, there's that joke, you know, I, I, I remember more, I, what is it? I forget more than I'll ever remember or something like that. <laughs> uh, because it's just like, you know, we're living our life, things are happening, um, you know? And so it's just like to retain everything constantly, it, it'd probably be way too much for our brain to do. That's why there's these different types of memory and different ways we access that memory as well. Do you guys recommend to your patients to uh, take notes and keep a calendar uh, so that they remember, especially as we age, I think this is also very important for our listeners to understand that if you are forgetfulness and you don't know what day or what um, time you have to do certain things or take your medication, you have to always be um, very conscientious about the use of calendar or use of your notebook, because it helps a lot. Uh, I mean, if I don't look at my calendar daily, I may forget what needs to be done today. Or if you have doctor's appointment, it's so important that you take notes and it doesn't matter what age you are, because I have two young people around me uh, or more young people around me. And I notice that if they forget, so it's not about age, it's about so many things happening in our life. If we compare our life with those old days that uh, there wasn't so much of internet, so much of networking connections. I mean, imagine in the morning when you get up, you have so many notifications from Instagram, from Facebook, from uh, LinkedIn, from uh, so many other places, or even now WhatsApp, uh, Telegram, all those apps that if you're involved socially, you know that your mind is receiving so many information. No wonder why sometimes your mind is full of, you know, all these different things that you don't know where you heard it, where you saw it. And that's why you need to slow down sometimes to see how much of that I need, how much of that is helping me. I think Dan's thinking the same thing I am right now. I think you're just more popular than us. I think that's what, I think that's why you have a lot of those notifications. I think you're just way more popular than the both of us probably put together. Dan, is that what you're thinking? Totally agree. I, <laughs> I get zero Instagram <laughs> notifications, zero Twitter notifications, <laughs> not on WhatsApp. <laughs> I, and I'm happy that I'm not. So yeah, I don't, that's it's really not a problem. It's not possible. <laughs> my I think it's more with women. I mean, again, we don't want to stereotype or generalize, 
but as far as we know more about women's expression and uh, being, uh, you know, social, they have more of these, but you guys are right, because I sometimes create those groups myself, and I just start a group, but I realize that there's so much going on, and having so many different groups, it makes it difficult, but in general, uh, you know, our um, our uh, topic of conversation is about memory, but I'm sure uh, out of our listeners, there are uh, probably people that they have so many of these social networking stuff. So maybe I'm talking out loud to myself that I have to <laughs> slow down. And uh, that's my recommendation to other uh, listeners that they're listening to us. And I think for different people, there's different ways. I don't know if I've shared this with you guys, but as we're talking a lot of times, I'm writing notes as we're talking. And a lot of that is, that looks like Daniel too. Yeah. A lot of it is things that I want to say or things, mostly it's things I don't want to forget to say as we're talking about some of these things. And so I'm like, oh, I'll like underline and circle and some doodles and things like that. And so it kind of is like, okay, this is, in, our, in the course of our conversation, this helps me kind of keep on track. Uh, in, in my day-to-day, sometimes there are uh, things that I put in my calendars, but I find I'm one of those persons that I use it pretty sparingly. I, for the most part, have an idea. I kind of like at the end of the day, have an idea, okay, I need to do these two or three things the next day. Um, if it's something big or major, I'll write it in a to-do list. Um, but uh, for the most part, it's like, okay, what are those two or three things that I need to do? And I usually encourage patients to, you know, if, if you find that it's helpful to jot some of these things down, it's important to you, you don't want to forget, you know, just take a second, put in your notes. I always imagine it kind of unburdening our mind if we're able to kind of write it down. So I think you got to know that about yourself. Does it feel like you might forget or you feel burdened and like, I need to remember, I have to remember. Um, and so, you know, that can be a good indicator that, hey, that's a time when you maybe want to write those things down versus trying to carry it and, and maintain it in your mind constantly. Okay, sure. Alex and Dan, so there, by all your notes, probably I give the mic to you guys for the rest of the time. You have a lot of notes <laughs> to talk about. And it's just sort of relief for me to sit back and listen to you guys. Nice try. I like that try. Productivity guru David Allen wrote getting goes into the neuroscience of how the brain functions, how we get things done and keeping and he's very clear and I love this stuff too. He says, your mind isn't really all that good at list is your mind is better used for more so do yourself a big favor and keep them out of your I totally agree with that. Yeah. In his book he also says if you start doing this, and he has his own system, there are many systems, but he says, if you start doing this, where you write down your ideas as they come to you and also free your mind with all these other lists, he says, you'll get more ideas. They will start happening more and more. Some, there's some sort of a, I found that to be very true. So yeah, unburden your mind. I totally agree. You don't have to necessarily just to because, benefit. Yeah, I, I guess yeah. because your mind is constantly trying not to uh, forget something that you need to do or a list of things that you need to take care of. So rather than making your mind so busy with trying to remember, if you write it down, even we have noticed uh, the reason we wanted to also talk about the sleep was a lot of that memory and a lot of that occupation of our mind uh, causes our sleep to be deep or 
be interrupted many times during the night. And partly is because our mind is trying to remember things to do the next day or what happened during the day that is in our mind. And we don't want to forget that. We keep repeating that into our mind and then we cause all this interruption. So if we take notes, as you said, Dan, you free your mind from that busyness and that uh, working hard to remember. And that helps us to just slow down and keep our mind calm and ready for more creative stuff. Uh, Our time is for another break. We come back and we continue our conversation about the memory. And if you have time, we talk about the sleep. شنوندگان عزیز رادیو بامداد من به همراه دو تن از همکارانم دکتر اندراده و دکتر راکرز در خدمتون هستیم امروز و در مورد یادآوری چیزها در ذهنمون مموری صحبت میکنیم ما همطور که سنمون بالا میره خیلی وقتها مسائل رو فراموش میکنیم ولی خیلی از جوان ها به خاطر مشغله زیاد این روزها اونها هم همینطور دوچار این مسئله فراموش کردن میشن ما خیلی در این بارد صحبت کردیم میتونیم پادکست های ما رو از طریق گوگل از طریق سپاریفای آیتون سرچ کنین و به اسم سایکالوجی اند کالچر میتونین ما رو پیدا کنین صحبت های ما رو ما حدود شاید 100 پادکست مختلف داریم در زمین های مختلف امروز هم صحبتمون در این زمینه مموری هست برمیگردیم و با شما هستیم back with Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade and we continue our conversation about memory and uh, partly sleep because they're connected. So Dr. Andrade, we talked about memory, we talked about forgetfulness, we talked about different types of memory. We have seven different types of memory and um, I want to go back and uh, give a summary of those memories for those Uh, listeners that they hadn't been listening to us. So the major part of memory is short-term memory and long-term memory. With long-term memory, we have um, extension of that, which is explicit memory. And explicit memory is conscious, anything that consciously we remember. Implicit is unconscious, unconscious memory. Episodic memory is events that happen to us. And semantic memory is general knowledge of the world. Uh, priming, we talked about sort of um, um, rehearsal, 
of whatever has happened in the past to master that memory. Or as Dr. Rockers mentioned, um, bringing so many other factors in order to remember better whatever has happened before. And procedural memory is sort of motor memory, something that we do like driving the car, riding a bike. And we, this procedure that we go through to learn, we always remember, if you remember to drive, you always remember to, how to drive. If you re, uh, know how to ride a bike, you always remember. So we are back to talking about uh, let's say explicit memory. It's our childhood uh, memory a lot of times. Like ex explicit memories are a type of long-term memory that we remember after consciously thinking about it. For example, the name of our childhood dog or our best friend in high school, or sometimes even for some people, phone numbers. They even remember phone numbers. And in... Uh, Explicit memory, the two types of episodic and semantic memory are also two memories that we constantly are facing with. And semantic is like information, correct? Uh, semantic is uh, general knowledge of the yeah. world. Yeah, mm -hmm. information. For example, the it's history, background of different countries or our own countries. So it's the knowledge of the world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I think it's one of those things where there's I think there's so much, I think in, in hearing all of those, I think the thing that it reminds me of is there's so many different classifications of memory. And also, I mean, it's just because there's so many different ways that we can access memory. It's, it's not just remembering or not remembering. And so I think a lot of times people can be really harsh or critical of themselves. Think about, like we said, procedural, there's so many things you do without even thinking about it. And so those are things that, you know, it's part of memory in that way. You mentioned earlier that the hippocampus, uh, which is the emotional uh, aspect of our brain, a lot of memory is tied to emotion too. For example, we can smell something and it brings back a memory and we'll feel a way about that. So it's one of those things that our emotions are not separate from our memories. And, and so, especially in those, those, those more troubling or challenging uh, situations, memories um, versus those more positive ones. So I always uh, kind of jokingly say it, but I mean it with truth, you know, we're emotional creatures, whether we want to or not uh, in our, in our memory, something that we think of as very, you know, uh, kind of uh, separate from our emotions is actually very tied to that as well. Yeah. And uh, sometimes uh, for me, this is, this has been very clear. I smell a perfume and that takes me to my eighth grade, um, you know, years mm -hmm. that, for example, either I was wearing it or somebody else was wearing it. And I remember what dress I was wearing, when did I use that perfume? I mean, maybe for women or men is different, but for me, a smell of something takes me back. And these are all emotions, you know, just brings the event, brings the memory of people there uh, and, and the whole thing, it just takes you there. These uh, the, the way the brain works is amazing. And, and we just know a little bit of it, but we also feel like, wow, you know, different parts of the brain works differently, but the, the limbic system is amazing with emotions. Yeah, it's so interesting. Yeah, similarly, I have um, my, my grandmother on my dad's side who passed away like probably about 20 years ago. Um, 
it, there was one day where like I smelled something and that I, I didn't even know there was a memory connected to it. It reminded me of a, a, a food, a plate that she would make. And I, and that's not even something I thought about. I didn't even think about, Oh, the time she cooked, you know, these papas, I didn't even think about that. But when I smelled that, I was like, Oh my God, it took me there uh, emotionally in that way. I recalled it. And so, yeah, I, I think it's one of those things where our mind, there's so much, that that's happening there beyond our awareness a lot of times. Um, and, and yeah, definitely the emotions are going to, they're going to impact, I think that memory as well. Yes. And, uh, and also the, the fact that we were emphasizing on, on taking notes, uh, you don't want to put too much pressure on your brain, trying to remember things that you need to do. So again, I want to emphasize on taking notes even my recommendation is at the middle of the night, if you can't fall asleep, there's something in your head that is bothering you, whether things you want to do or whether things that in the past has happened. If you can put a notebook with a pen or pencil, this is something I always tell my patients, just sit down on your bed, start writing something that has been bothering you and it's you in your head you're worried about something because then you free your mind from that thought you know that it's not going to go anywhere it's on the paper and you can always get back to it this is a, a one of the strategies i think it's been very effective with everyone that i have worked with and myself i always do that if something is in your head that is keeping you from sleeping or keeping you from concentrating on something important you want to do, try to write it down on a sheet of paper. And if you want to see it and make sure that you don't forget, put it somewhere that you can see it. You are freeing your mind from worrying about forgetting it, worrying about, you know, not losing part of the memory. Somebody said something and you keep repeating that to your mind. And a lot of times we do it without being conscientious because our mind goes automatically to where it takes us. So we need to be in control. In that regard, writing is a great tool. That reminds me of the idea I often tell people we tend to get in our own way when it comes to sleep and we don't even realize it. And that's one of the ways that our mind uh, is, is focusing on those things. Uh, think about it at night. We don't just close our eyes and instantly fall asleep. We have to put ourselves in a state of calm and relaxation so that our body can do what's natural in that way. And so along those lines, if we're occupied by something and we feel like, you know, we're having to, to think about it and we keep, you know, ruminating on it. I always say, you know, as we're going to sleep is probably not the time that we need to be thinking about very important things. Instead, it's supposed to be a time where we're trying to relax and trying to ease ourselves into sleep. So I think that's a great recommendation. You know, if it feels as though you're able to jot those things down, put them aside, they'll be there when you wake up in the morning, you know, at this time, all you need to do is kind of focus on your body being feeling physically relaxed so that that natural state of sleep can kind of happen. And so uh, that's one way to kind of get out of our way, get out of our own way when it comes to kind of allowing ourselves to sleep. And also for our younger listeners, if you have to do a test, um, for example, uh, if you have a list of, let's say, vocabulary words in foreign language that you need to perform, it's great that repeatedly you are tested on that. Give that list to someone to ask you. Uh, give 
to another person to ask you. That's how we, I remember we were memorizing things in the past, but this is repeated uh, performing helps to remember. So repeated retrieval of information has a great of impact on the memory than longer study periods. So the effect can be further enhanced um, by immediate feedback after each retrieval, because you can uh, just go back and uh, you know just remember that. So we know even as young as uh, teenagers or even junior high kids or even elementary kids, if you need to remember something, you have to repeat it to remember. And for us at any age, that's true. For for older age, maybe more so, but for younger age, obviously still they need to repeat in order to recall and remember. Well, it's like I was saying earlier, that encoding process, like it needs to get in there. And one of the ways that we can make sure that it gets in there, not only is it important, but then that we're something that we're continuing to practice. And so that reminds me, I remember when I was young in school, like I, I would tell myself like, this is what I need to know right now. Like, this is the most important thing. And so it's like, okay, right now I need to focus on this. And so kind of giving myself the space and permission, just focus on these things, just try to, uh, you know, not think about all the other things that you're supposed to know and remember, just focus in on this. And then that way, when you're done to the other side of that would be like, well, once I'm done, then I can forget it. And then I can move on. Uh, obviously would get in there. So I wouldn't forget it, but it was just allowing myself that space to not feel that pressure of like, I need to know so much. It's like, let's just learn this, you know, really try to, to master it and then move on from there. Yes, absolutely. And uh, we are getting towards the end of our program. And if you want to finalize your speech or your conversation, I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, encourage listeners to be patient with yourself. Be, uh, you know, don't put too much pressure on yourself in regards to, you know, what you remember, what you're supposed to remember. Uh, even in the course of a conversation, if you find like, oh, man, I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, you know, don't focus so much on on drilling down and trying to recall it, you know, focus more on the interaction, the communication, uh, you know, if it comes great, if it doesn't, then that's okay. Um, and I find that's just in, in when it comes to kind of everyday little memory issues, you know, that can be something that's helpful. Sade, what would you want to leave listeners yeah, with today? I want to, I want to uh, again, first of all, thank my colleagues, Dr. Alexandrade and Dr. Daniel Rockers for their knowledge, their expertise, their uh, presence. And uh, with that, I want also to talk about the uh, calmness, the tranquil uh, environment, that how much it helps your memory. Stress is the killer uh, in every aspect in our health, physically or mentally, and especially it affects our memory. We know so many patients, uh, they have such a big effect on their memory because of uh, horrific things that happens to them. So try to remember you're important, whatever happens, you have to deal with it differently. Don't use control, try to stay calm and try to find ways to resolve situations rather than get really anxious and out of control because all of that affects your memory. With that, I wanna say goodbye to our listeners and wish you a wonderful week. We are gonna come back next week to continue our conversation.
آن همه آرزو دل دیوانه چه بگویم با من دل چه ها کردی تو مرا با عشق او آشنا کردی پس از این زاری مکن حوث یاری مکن تو اینا کام دل دیوانه با غم دیرینم به مزار سینم به خوابارم با تو رفتم بی تو باز آمدم از سر کوی او دل دیوانه هنهان کردم در خاکستر غم آن همه آرزو دل دیوانه بگویم با من ای دل چه ها کردی تو مرا با عشق او آشنا کردی پس از این زاری مکن حوث یاری مکن تو ای ناکام دل دیوانه با غم دیرینم به مزار سینم بخوابارم دل دیوانه بخوابارم دل دیوانه